All right. Welcome back, Pauly Sleepers fans, to a special edition of Pauly Sleepers Podcast. This is actually the first official Pauly Sleepers Podcast, as we were under the wing of Juice in the Morning for, uh, what, like 24 episodes? Yeah. And uh, and Juice is still here. I wouldn't ever, ever let him go. Justin Kelly is here with us. Hey, Justin. Hey, how are you doing? It is a pleasure to be here. Um, running the sound is a is quite a chore, but it's a pleasure, and I appreciate you guys having me on. Well, we appreciate you because you usually lead up your shows, and you're kind of producing for me today yeah. a little bit, which um, going forward will probably be uh, Jackson's role, but Jackson couldn't make it tonight. And we have uh, John Marchbanks. We wouldn't do it without him either. Welcome back. John, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be back. Had fun at the Combine this weekend. I spent my time not at the Combine, watching the Combine on YouTube, so got lots of info for you. So but you probably actually had a better time watching the Combine than I did at the Combine. Oh, I loved it the whole time. <laughs> I was talking the whole time to Polly. And just... Oh, yeah. We were geeking out on it. <laughs> yeah. You and Josh were like, I'd rather be home drinking a beer watching it. <laughs> well, okay. So just let me get to the... the the idea of the combine for me going in i was excited about it and i honestly still had a blast um talking with josh was a great time we did talk a lot about nfl we had a lot of uh, good conversations about the players but where we were sitting it was one of those things where i would i basically looked at josh and i was like next year i would still like to do this but i'd like to host it either at my house or somebody's house right. because then you can get the broadcast information you can see the numbers all that stuff because really it was just being quiet and watching guys run. Right, right. And I get what you're saying. I'm just giving you guys shit. Yeah. I mean, it is a very subdued atmosphere. Right. Um, and um, the the earpiece that they give you, that you know, that they're not giving you all the information all the time. You know, the guy runs the 40. Sometimes they're telling you what his time was. Sometimes they're not. Yeah. And they're just telling <laughs> stories. So, um, no, I totally get it. It's, it's not for everybody. It's definitely like John and I were definitely geeking out on it more. And I should have definitely um, worn my contacts because I could like couldn't even see people's numbers either. So, right, right. It was, well, it was a bad situation. a good idea in general. Yeah, it, was it was just, just bad. Just... I, I did not plan well. And I was hungover, so it was just a. It was Honey, a, it will was, you get my eyes? I need to put my eyes. <laughs> it was a lose lose for me at the same <laughs> at the same time. But um, you know, this is kind of revolutionary. I mean, we've been planning this, and I don't know anybody at my level, our level, that went to the podcast, went to the combine to do a podcast specifically about our reaction to what we saw, and 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 we did some scouting, and John and I did some scouting. And um, it's just exciting, you know. Uh, one thing we're trying to do with uh, with Pauly Sleepers is just differentiate ourselves from the crowd. You know, it's a very saturated market. But between this and some other things I'm going to talk about here coming up, you know, we've got uh, we've got exciting content for you that no one else does. And as everything grows, I mean. I'd be way more in if we had press passes and we were down on the field or like oh, you know down oh in the yeah. lower level. Oh you know, yeah, hobnobbing with the uh, <laughs> hobnobbing. <laughs> I don't know where I went with that, but with like the coaches and stuff like that because right. you would actually have a chance to talk to them. We were on a whole nother level, <laughs> like literally and figuratively. Right. <laughs> um, you know, we're not rubbing no, you know noses with the actual coaches and scouts, but it is cool. I mean, it it was very exclusive. The one thing. My first reaction was when you go in, even before you go into the holding room, just when we were waiting in line there for 20 minutes, inside, it's, you could hear a pin drop. I mean, everybody right away was on the mindset that these kids are auditioning, you know, uh, interviewing for the job of their lifetime. It's not like you and me when you go to a job interview and you, and you tank it, you know they're not going to hire you. You could just, you know, go someplace else. 
This is it. Exactly. This is the job that they've, you know, planned for their whole life. And I think a lot of people respected that. So by the time it got to the point where they told everybody that they've got to be quiet, everybody was already there. I mean, there was, you know, you went inside, you know, you couldn't hear a pin drop. But um, I did like the earpiece, you know, because you had some insight from Reggie Wayne, who was on the field talking about when he did the podcast. You had Rich Eisen and Maurice Jones-Drew hopping in there. Um, it felt very, you know, exclusive. But the part I liked the best was is when they went and 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 you listened to the coaches on the field explaining the drills. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to that the guys as well. and telling them what this drill is. This is what our expectation is. This is what you need to do. What do you think, John? Wasn't that pretty cool? Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, you know, before going in there, I was like, you know, I think I'm pretty good at, at scouting players and knowing what to look for. And then uh, I kind of confirmed my own bias on that because uh <laughs> I, I was sitting there talking to there, you John. i was sitting there talking to you about these drills and like what we were looking for and then right after i said something then the analyst would said said something right in the headset that's and always good like, to that's, get that confirmation it's true like, john exactly a couple times said. <laughs> he said like on these uh the pass catching drills for the running backs were and we went to running back day by the way we haven't gotten there yeah. yet but John went to uh, wide receiver, tight end, quarterback day the next day as well. Mm-hmm. But our group, who um, Jackson couldn't make it tonight, but also my buddy Josh Miller went with us, and a new team member Jake Hahn went with us. So we had a group of six that went. Um, we went to running back day. John went the next day as well. Was but, um, was quarterback and receiver day more exciting? Um, or was it still just as quiet and you didn't really – See a lot going. I'm sure it's on. quiet was, all the time. There I mean, was a lot more people there on Saturday. Right. Actually, yeah, they almost filled up that whole level. That, of, makes, that makes a lot of sense because people are working, working, whatever. Yeah. yeah. But during so. the pass catching drills for the running backs, that's what I wanted to see the most. Because you, you left the group and went down closer. We went down closer, and then when you guys, <laughs> when you and Josh and when you and Josh and Jake left, John came down with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think because I think he was picking up on what I was trying to do is really focus on these drills and what these guys are doing because. Our account and our advice is usually based on PPR scoring. So we want running backs that can catch the ball and be receivers. And um, John says, you know, hey, these guys, watch them. They got to get their head turned around towards the quarterback so the quarterback knows, you know, what they're doing. And then they're going to come down and they're going to do it again. So on this route, they need to kind of look at the quarterback twice. And if they don't get their head turned around, they're not going to get a good throw. And um, there were a couple guys that expressed, you know, that pretty well and a couple guys that didn't. And he's like, look, that guy didn't get his head turned around. And then Rich Eisen's in our earpiece. Now, see, you got to see these guys getting their heads turned around, like after John tells So you guys just me. definitely need to be on NFL Network. Yeah, right? yeah. probably. <laughs> I mean, there's Get another the call part. up, John. I'm trying. There was a, there's another part where I was like, Listen! Listen to when these running backs are catching the balls. You're you're not oh, yeah. hearing anything when they're when they're catching it. Like that means they soft have hands. Soft hands. Yeah, they yeah. say soft hands a lot, but mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, John said you know, uh, listen for you know because you you know there wasn't any sound in there, so well, you can really hear what's going on on the field. He said, listen for when these guys catch the ball. The really good ones, you don't hear anything. Well, I, I, let me tell a quick story about that. <clears throat> there was I went to Michigan State football camp in high school, and there was obviously D one badass wide receivers that I'm like you know playing against and they're teaching us drills and things like that we get on the jugs machine and you're about I want to say 20 yards away from the jugs machine maybe 15 and they're just firing footballs at you like super fast and I go up there and you know the very like I'm the first one because they're like who wants to go first and like I'm obviously jumping ahead because I want to be like you know the guy that steps ahead and does a good job I get up there first one 
smacks me right in the face mask on my yeah. helmet. <laughs> so, like, after that, I knew, like, the speed, and I caught him, but, like, it was making that noise Smack when it was noise. hitting my hands. Yep. Then the actual D1, six, probably 6'5 six, wide receiver, you know, big dude walks out there, and it's just no sound at all. And they're shooting at about 40 miles an hour or something like that. Mm-hmm. Those balls are humming at them. And it's just it's insane to see guys with that kind of soft hands. Yeah. I and, made some notes after, you know, John was saying that on guys that I felt like. And it just seemed like, you know, they were they were moving their hands through the throw. So there wasn't that impact as, as opposed to, you know, some guys just throwing their hands out. Boom, you can hear the ball hit their hands. They don't have the soft hands. They can drop more balls. Yeah. Um, so again, he mentioned that. And then just a couple minutes later, Maurice Jones drew is like, you know, you see, you don't, you didn't hear anything when you caught that ball. That's those soft hands. I'm like, God damn, John, <laughs> like, this is pretty cool. You know? Um, I mean, it happens, you know, you watch football at home and you say stuff and then the announcer says, yeah, and that's pretty cool. But it just, you know, I was going to get into this later, but it just reaffirms kind of what my philosophy has been lately. And a lot of the followers on Twitter have been saying, um, and, and I've got a great group of followers, man. I mean, they're so supportive of me and say, hey, keep up, you know, keep up the good work. They appreciate what I'm doing, um, saying that, you know, more and more people are looking towards us to get their yeah. information. Now they realize that they can get the same information from the independent guy, from the smaller guy, as opposed to always going to the big NFL network and, and Adam Schefter and all those guys. I mean, those guys are great and they get paid the big bucks, but you know, I have another job, but I spend a lot of time, you know, reviewing film and watching stuff and breaking this down. And and I think a lot of people appreciate getting, you know, information. It's like, you know, people that like going to the independent movies and they'd rather see the movies that are at Cannes. Than the well, ones and that, I, know, I, also, like, I also want to say that I think you guys also have a a good knack of saying things or coming up with ideas for things that other people aren't talking about. And I know that that's like everybody probably thinks they're doing that if they're the small guy, but we really like you really are like, I'm not going to say we, I'm not going to add myself into that because I'm not actually doing any kind of fantasy analysis. I'm more just tweeting about what I ate that day kind of thing. But (laughs) no, I I follow you guys and I I get like kind of drawn into some of these things because you guys tag me as well. And I kind of try to say my, say my piece, but um, for the most part, I, like I said, I think there's a lot of interaction and people, if they want something that's different than what they're seeing in the mainstream, go to go to Poly Sleepers. Well, you sell yourself short because during the podcast last year, especially towards the end of the year, you had some great analysis on some stuff, um, some stuff that I hadn't noticed. You know, hey, you know, they had three injuries along the defensive front last week. Do you yeah. think they're going to be able to be ran on it? You know, things like that. But what you do on Twitter that I like is you kind of you kind of alley oop it to me. Mm-hmm. You'll see something and you'll say, hey, how do you think this affects this player, or this team, this right. recent news? And you let me kind of run with mm-hmm. it. And that's perfect. That's what I want. You know, that's that's. And I truly am questioning that. Yeah, it's not like you, a, it's not planned, ladies really and gentlemen. Would. This is really a, just an honest question. <laughs> like, and also, you know, I I may have uh, made some leaps in in bounds in my uh, my knowledge, but I also still couldn't take uh, Gronkowski out when he was uh, hurt. So, <laughs> and, we, and we gave you shit for that the other day too. Um, so uh, moving on, I wanted to just first start by talking about some things that we're doing with the website. And with the show, things that people can um, look forward to here in the future. We are going to do a draft right show. Everybody down for that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, the next show that we're going to do, and we haven't done one since week 17. We took a break. But the next one that we're going to do is a post, like free agency post draft reaction here. So that'll be here in about five or six weeks. Um, and then we'll take another break until the summer. 
and in the summer we'll do a couple before you know uh before draft season we definitely want to get these rankings out so that's one thing that we're doing this year and this is another thing i don't think anybody at my level at our level is doing um reached out to some guys um had some guys reach out to me and we're gonna have a consensus redraft ppr rankings on the website for twitter experts like me not the big time guys you know so if you do really like getting your information from from us and you don't want to draft with the espn consensus you can use mine and i'm gonna throw some names out here so um, if you're on twitter you'll know some of these guys um the fantasy madman is going to be in the consensus rankings this year the fantasy football stoner um sam lane who was on the show last year ff stompy is going to be on our consensus rankings mike schneed who is a really big name at mike drop sports has gotten involved um the guys at fourth down fantasy are going to do their rankings and add uh donnie druin eli weiner um the two-on-one fantasy football guys we were just talking about them earlier they got their they've got some apparel and they're really excited they've got um some apparel coming out hats and t-shirts um of course mark uh uh, Hilo Pterodactyl is going to be on there, and he was on the podcast last year. He's uh, still on working team. on getting him on Juice in the Morning. Yeah, yeah. Just lining up these schedules. Um, Troy Terrific is going to be part of it. Um, the uh, Tyler Bateman is going to be on it. The Riff Raff Commish, and Riff Raff is really, really big on Twitter. And he has a, uh, a dynasty league that they tweet out about, and they tweet out about all their trades and everything they're doing. They superimpose like each other's pictures on like stock photos to like you know to roast each other and did really i mean they're they're like one of the most active leagues on twitter so he's in there and then also the fantasy scout so in total we're going to have 15 people and what you're going to be able to do is you're going to be able to go in and look at the consensus rankings and then everybody's individual rankings so it'll be like a you know like a google doc you know on our on my uh, website and then can take that to your draft and draft last year i did my rankings and i said i don't recommend anybody to actually draft with my rankings this is the first year i'm doing this but this year the consensus rankings i've got a good group i'm i'm recommending people to use my rankings not espn's not fantasy pros not some of these other guys and it's going to be set up kind of like i mean like those rankings that you see with the with the bigger name places where it's like you know number one and then it's got like where you guys right Pick right, that guy. right. Okay, so cool. it'll say Saquon Barkley like number one. I like that. Holly Sleepers number one. Fantasy Madman had him number three. Stone. I'll go know, ahead and, and print one of those know. off and make sure I'm, I have it ready for our draft. <laughs> so that'll be out now. Before that, we're gonna have Dynasty rankings. Um, so I'm just new to Dynasty, so I tell people all the time. I don't know if you've seen it, but I tell people, hey, this is not, um, you know, stay in your lane. This is not my thing. I don't do Dynasty yet. Um, not enough anyway to be able to say that you know you should make this trade or that trade it's a whole different ball game but I'm getting in a league with some guys and they asked me if I wanted to have some dynasty ranks on the website as well so um, dynasty Mike and dynasty fantasy Sterling and I can't remember the third guy's name I'm sorry um, are going to be doing dynasty ranks for us as well um, we've got two new articles out. So um, Mark uh, Hilo Pterodactyl did a uh, Hilo Pterodactyl, sorry, <laughs> did a tight end sleepers list for us. Um, some sleepers to keep uh, to keep an eye out for this year. Um, and then Mark and um, uh, Jackson and John and myself all did a free agency article. Did you read it? No, I'm sorry. 
you didn't read our article. I haven't, I haven't read anything yet, man. I'm not in football mode yet. At least you're honest. I'm not in football mode yet. Well, you better be in football mode coming up March 13th, I think. Is that yeah. free agency? Absolutely. Yeah, free agency's coming up soon. I'll That's read it. Come the on. Most exciting um, time now. Of I'll the just year. I'll put it in my schedule right it's now. It is Super Bowl. I read love the article. Agency. So this is what we did. We took six players, six high-profile free agency uh, players, and the four of us all picked who we think they were going to go to. Like, you know, not like, you know, the pie in the sky landing spots, but landing spots that could actually happen, you know, and uh, we didn't confer with each other. So a couple of them do overlap, but we did uh, Tevin Coleman, Le'Veon Bell, Mark Ingram, um, Adam Humphreys, Golden Tate and Terrell Williams and where we think they're all going to go and why. Um, And we're very excited to see what happens here in the next couple of weeks to see if we get anything right. Um. So thank you. Yeah. So he's gonna read the article. I appreciate that you were honest. You're like, no, I didn't read that shit. <laughs> Sorry. Um. No, it's okay. Um. We're hoping that more people that we get a lot of this right. Right. And people will actually go back and read it now that they. Oh, oh these I guys mean, actually hey, do it's, the, it's scheduled. To, it's scheduled for me to read it. Come um, on. Yeah. And and everybody else that's listening should read it because you know it will be one of those things that you get an opportunity to see how good their anal, uh, analytics are, are or their analysis of players are. Right, right. And same thing with the rankings. After next year, we can say, hey, you know what? We were just as good or close to or better than the ESPN Top 200. And knowing your guys' record so far, I mean, we've got it all on tape. We had good calls. You guys had great yeah, calls. Yeah, we had great calls last year. John especially. Yeah. Um, John, explain to us the idea you have about our mock draft competition. John had an idea for uh, we are going to do the the uh, listener league again next year. We're going to set it up a little bit different, but um, we are going to have, you know, there's a lot of spots open. So um, John said, hey, let's let's have a little competition for one of the spots. So uh, what do you think? So um, the idea is um, anybody who wants to try and win a spot into the league, you fill out your mock draft for the first 32 picks of the nfl draft put who you think is going to be picked by which team um and i will go through after the draft is completed we'll see who does the best um and then whoever does the best it gets closest to how the nfl draft actually goes um that person will win a spot into the league and if you beat me in that draft you can have my draft spot Oh, nice. Wow. That's a bold that's a bold statement right there, but I wow. like it. So you're gonna do yours as well? I'm gonna do mine as well. I'll put it on Paul or I'll have uh Jackson put it on Polly's So how do they get your spot? What what do you mean your so, spot? <clears throat> if I'm drafting ahead of them in the fantasy league coming up, I'll let them They have can my switch. Spot. Oh. The actual draft. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right on. I like that. So, so there's two goals. They want to beat everybody else and beat me. So Wilson, this is your first chance to right. get in the league again. Wilson uh has desperately been. I know he's DM'd you, Juice. Uh, he was one of our. He was our most valuable coach last year. I'm, in the I'm league. keeping. I'm keeping Wilson's DMs quiet. Right <laughs> yeah, now. he he's hit me. We up got a few something times. working over here. I mean, bribes have been offered. Um, he wants to get in the league so bad. So this is his first opportunity. I'm sure he'll have many more opportunities because he wants to get in again. Well, and I also um, thought. I mean, just hearing you talk about draft position, that <laughs> actually you know opens up a lot of different avenues that we could go. We could go. We could come up with a competition to be the first person overall, like right. by you know some sort of. That's actually got to be a really difficult. Do our thing. draft order for our kind of slash dynasty league um, that I'm in with Josh and Jeff. That's actually what we do. So, but it's a random drawing. We're going to take the top ten consensus, mm-hmm. and then you draw a name, and then your draft order is the order in which that guy was drafted. 
Okay. So if you pick, you know, if you pick Metcalf and he goes number eight, that's then, really cool. Then you like draft that. eight. That's cool. And it kind of ties in the fantasy with dope. the reality. We like that. So if you want to participate, John, your um, uh, Twitter handle is at John Marchbanks one at John Marchbanks one. You could DM John. You could DM me at Polly Sleepers, or you can go to the website and um, and email us right from the website, polysleepers.com, and um, that'll be an opportunity to get into our free listener league. Dylan Bolden won it last year. He got a custom trophy. He got a Lowe's gift certificate. He got a gift certificate to, to a restaurant, some other swag. So, um, you know, there's no entry fees. It's for fun. It's for bragging rights, and there will be some prizes. All right. Also, ladies and gentlemen, my DMs are always open. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, let's go to news. Yeah, let's do it. I've got some good news. I got some bad news. All right, give it to me, Polly. Oh, uh, I missed I missed our drops, and that's the only one we're gonna have today. Because <laughs> we're obviously not doing waiver wire pickups right. and you know stuff like that. But uh that's nice. That brings me brings me warm and fuzzies. The feels. That's what you say <laughs> on Twitter, right? That gives me the feels. Um so in news, uh, we'll just start off with uh Crazy Town, Cray Cray. Antonio Brown. So did you see his interview where he said, I don't, if you don't want to have me on your team and have it my way, I don't have to play. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, how are you going to call me the top wide receiver and not throw to me for the whole first quarter? He was throwing Ben under the bus there. Um, what else did he say? He said, I've got $30 million in the bank. I don't need this. Uh, he doesn't need the league. Yeah. He doesn't have to play. So if he doesn't get what he wants, then he just won't play. He'll pull a Le'Veon Bell. Has Antonio Brown? How close? How close is Antonio Brown's meltdown right now to like Kanye West when he was like melting down? <laughs> Did you, is, was that you that said that today? No, I saw somebody post that, somebody and I just wanted that. to steal it because I, I thought it, it was pretty funny. Stoner or one of those guys? Yeah, that was uh, it's like two thousand what two thousand fifteen. I put Kanye. the other day that it's it's like he's he's jumped the shark. Yeah, he's I mean, Britney Spears in 06. Now this is what came out today. He has partnered up with this website that will um, allow you to get a custom video sent to you that's 30 seconds for like somebody to like um, buy a video for their celebrity for a celebrity to say happy birthday to their spouse or happy anniversary or something like that for $500 you get a 30 second video and he's in there with uh, the likes of Tommy Lee it's called cameo oh cameo cameo personalized yeah. shout outs yeah so he's on there with Tommy Lee and uh, chum Lee from Pawn Stars is on <laughs> there um and I guess um, he went on there. I didn't get. I, I saw it. I saw the video. He said. Uh, he said. <laughs> I'm sorry. I immediately jumped on the web page for cameo. Yeah, we're looking at. Cameo I want right to enroll now. as talent. <laughs> Can I enroll and charge people twenty bucks for me to do a video personalized just to them? That's awesome. Hey, some of those Juice in the Morning fans might <laughs> sign up for it. See, See Antonio Brown right here. The real, the real, the real winners here are Cameo because we're talking about book them. now for five hundred dollars. But what's funny is the people that got that that uh, wedding uh, wedding anniversary video have already come back and like gotten into the Twitter account that they're talking about this and said that they only paid $375 for it, but that the wife really appreciated it. But he said... Uh, he had a promo code on his he podcast. Said, he said, congratulations on your second anniversary wedding. And that's how he said it. Hold on one <laughs> second. Hold on one second. 
<clears throat> you guys can keep talking. I'm just oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, I'm holding on. I mean, um, you you see some of Antonio Brown's quotes. He's not the most like affluent speaker. <laughs> it, I don't know, man. It, it's uh, it, we'll see where he goes, but I wouldn't want him on my team in my locker room causing problems. Um, and, and his brethren, uh, Le'Veon Bell, they're uh, saying um, New York Jets uh, is going to be a top. Uh, choice for them the Jets want them happy 38th birthday and I hear it's your second anniversary wedding <laughs> I hear you've been working really hard as a defense attorney and your birthday is here happy birthday we celebrate you today hope your birthday is booming get your fucking blonde haired mustache out of here dude <laughs> that's happy all I'm thinking happy anniversary wedding <laughs> Um, so that was Antonio Brown, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Le'Veon Bell uh, earmarked for the Jets, and the Jets have already said that if they don't get Bell, they're going to be going after Tevin Coleman. Um, so that's their first and second second choice. I don't know how I'd feel about that if I was Tevin Coleman, but uh, Le'Veon Bell was uh, the the Jets was my pick in our article. Yeah. So uh, uh, that's who I picked when I wrote the article. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Is there any possibility that Tevin Coleman comes back to Indiana as as an Indianapolis Colt? That would be interesting. I mean, I've been saying... Because I would like him on our team. I've been saying that they're going to get somebody, that they're going to draft somebody, that they're going to get a free agent. A lot of people are saying that with Wilkins and Hines and Mack, they're set. I don't think they're set with what, they tr- what they're trying to do. Um, actually, I, I said Mark Ingram to the Colts. And I like that, too. Um, they both we have, talked about that off the air. They both have the three-down skill set. They both have a little less tread on their tires than most guys their age because they've split carries their whole careers so mm-hmm. um we'll see but a lot of tevin coleman owners jumped on my tweet and said uh this isn't good i don't want i don't want him to go to the jets i think he'd go, go to the bucks too i could see bruce arians bringing in that three down skill, skill set down there what do you think john you're talking about mark ingram uh mark ingram and tevin coleman who were your picks on those guys on the article um i had mark ingram going to the Raiders. The Raiders. Mm-hmm. The Raiders. And I believe I had um, Tevin Coleman going to the Jets. Okay. The Raiders uh, have a ton of picks. I could see them like picking up Josh Jacobs. Really. I hope that they don't because they need a lot of defensive help, and there's a lot of defensive talent in this draft. And the rookies, um, I think there's some decent talent in free agency that they can get yeah. for a good price. So. I I would rather them hit offense and free agency and hit defense in the draft. So and like we were saying, a lot of defensive linemen in this draft, mm-hmm. very very deep. Um, so Nick Foles is almost certain to go to the Jags. So I guess it was going to be either uh, the Redskins or the Jaguars. And the Redskins said that we're fine with Colt McCoy. I mean, right. if you're a Redskins fan, how do you feel about? a team saying we're going to stick with Colt McCoy. I mean, doesn't that make you want to, like, punch your fist through a wall or something? (laughs) I I mean, I would. Colt McCoy, he can put together, like, a drive out of 100 or two. But um, it's just amazing. I think they're just – I don't know what they're doing, honestly. It doesn't make any sense to me. I would have definitely gone after Nick Foles if I was in Miami or the Redskins – um, I would have gone after him. Um, I mean, he's not a superstar, but he's an upgrade at what they have. That's why I'm kind of down on Darius Geis, who was hurt yeah. last year, and everybody's you know really touting on him, you know, coming back and making a big comeback. I just don't see that team scoring a bunch of points. I don't see that offense staying on the field. 
Um, I don't know why on God's green earth a team would say, um, no, we're not going after Nick Foles. We're fine with Colt McCoy. I mean, that just that whole front office needs to be evaluated for a concussion. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that they just like are staying quiet on their pursuit of Teddy Bridgewater or something like that. Because yeah, there's been a little be bit of better. rumblings about that. Um, Teddy B, I think, is gonna be a starter next year. I really do. There's no I'm way. Glad he you brought shouldn't that up. Be a starter somewhere. I mean, he's better than a whole. Colt McCoy, obviously, and some of these other guys, like, um, I think he's better than uh, Ryan Fitzgerald, or Ryan Fitzpatrick, sorry, my bad. I think he's better than the beard. Um, honestly, I think he's better than Jameis Winston, too, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, caught a lot of flack for j- ranking Jameis Winston too low. That's um, you did? Lot. Yeah, him and... Uh, very polarizing him and um also um um the eagles cat wentz i ranked those guys too low um and i did last year too and it's like you know winston never lives up to his hype and that's kind of what my comeback was was you know what year did winston outperform his adp never never um and i think they came back and said well combined him and uh, him Ryan and the beard Fitz. were, you know, number four quarterback last year. Okay, that was I don't care about that. That was high pterodactyl. I was telling you about. BS. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, uh, I don't. I'll see what Bruce Arians does. I think uh, Winston will be on a short leash. Um, before we get to our uh, combine breakdown, um, just also wanted to mention the what the Cardinals. We were talking about this before the show started too. So um, the new coach there, Kingsbury, Christian Kirk, Ricky Seals Jones. And Kyler Murray, they were all together at Texas A&M. So do you believe in this hype that they are going to shop uh, their first-year quarterback and uh, and draft Murray? What do you think? Um, I don't really have an opinion on whether ha- that's true or not. I just really hope that that's what happens. I would prefer Kyler Murray be off the board before the Raiders pick. And, you know, that's <laughs> right. I'm a Raiders fan. I don't want John Gruden to get tempted once that number four pick comes around. So I would like to see Kyler Murray go first overall because that also makes those top three defensive guys drop one spot and gives the Raiders a better chance to get one. So, um, you know, it could be a good thing, but I think uh, Kingsbury lost too many games and got fired from his last job. So I don't know how much clout they're going to give him on taking Kyler Murray and trash can in their first overall pick last year. Please excuse Biggest thing I want to say is Murray measured in at five ten, and that's all they talked about for the entire weekend leading or the week leading up to the draft. And if you look at that guy's hair right there, that's giving him the extra like couple inches I think he so needs to five ten. He, really is he five probably eight. is five eight. He's yeah. probably five eight, two hundred seven pounds. He's just a little guy. I mean, yeah. in my opinion, that's I mean, he's a small guy. Um, I don't know. I don't think. I mean, it's hard to determine who you're going to get at that size. I mean, are you going to get Johnny Manziel? Or are you going to get you know uh, Russell Russell Wilson? Wilson. Yeah. And he came in like the same size as Russell Wilson, and just, all. And I mean, obviously, he didn't compete in any of the any of the um, like comp like the uh, combine drills. combine drills. Yeah, anything. That's he why that's, all, that's why they, all they talked about because that was all there was to talk about. Um, and I don't then, trust it. The other thing being talked about is Charlie Castle breaking the news that he interviewed very poorly. Um, so there's a lot of uh, that's kind of going maybe, around. Maybe today. Charlie Castle just had a poor interview with him, and now he's <laughs> spreading the spreading the word. Right, right, um, but. I just I believe in the old Bill Parcells adages, you know, let the let the chef buy his groceries. 
Okay. So that's what I think that the Cardinals are going to do. New regime, just hard reset on this team with that core group that I talked about earlier with the coach and these guys that have all played together and get this going. So it would be revolutionary. I mean, a team doesn't – they traded up to draft – Josh Rosen and Josh Rosen Rosen didn't really like you know he was, he was anybody okay. did he he was okay he threw a few quite a few interceptions his rookie year but I mean he that's wasn't to be expected anything, you know um, he was okay yeah. it's just it's just you don't you never hear hear of a, a quarterback getting you know especially a team trading up for a quarterback and then trading him the next year so um, that's it for now for news and we're going to go into our uh, in depth analysis of the combine and some rookies that we're looking to draft on our teams and that's what we're focusing on uh we don't want to talk about guys that you know um are gonna you know quarterbacks that are gonna sit on the bench and 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 percolate we're not going to want to talk about these wide receivers that might not break out till the end of the year or you know next year we want to talk about guys that are going to be relevant um one thing john you said that is that the wide receiver group did not impress you at all uh, tell me more about what your opinion was with that um, I felt like a lot of the receivers were there were the gauntlet drill is something that is kind of controversial as far as uh, people think of as scouting. Um, but if you look at the details, it does kind of tell you like it gives you an idea of their pass catching ability and what they're doing to catch all of these balls that are getting thrown at them. It, they're supposed to stay on the line as they run across the field and catch the balls as they come at their face. But a lot of the times they will fade away from the quarterback that's throwing them the ball so the ball is softer when it's time for them to catch it. And you'll see them zigzag across that line. They're kind of cheating the drill a little They're bit. Kind of cheating the drill a little bit. And um, I just felt like I saw that almost out of almost every every wide receiver that was out there. So like, it seemed a lot of them were also not running full speed. So part of that drill – if you run full speed, stay on the line, it's really hard to catch those balls, and it's more impressive when you do catch the balls. But if you're running half speed kind and zigzagging, zigzagging, you're cheating the drill, and it doesn't look impressive. And I saw that out of a lot of guys. They were either zigzagging or they were going half speed or doing both, and I just I wasn't impressed. I, I was more impressed with the tight ends running through that drill. Honestly, they, they were going hard through it, and a lot of them were catching balls. Some of them were dropping them, but it's because they were staying straight on the line and they were you know, going full speed in the drill. So, um, I mean, there was a couple of guys who ran hard through it. DK Metcalf looked good in it. Um, there was uh, – This is another old Miss receiver, A.J. Brown. You're talking about that drill. I want to see mm -hmm. how did he do. A.J. Brown, he did okay, too, but I felt like he wasn't going full speed really? on it. And, I mean, D.K. Metcalf doesn't look like he was running his 4-3-3 through it either. So. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm a big attitude guy, and I can't believe that he was there as an old Miss receiver with other receivers there at the combine with him, and he emphatically says that he is the best receiver in the draft. Yeah, that, a lot of guys say that. When I they like go that attitude, there. though. I'd, I'd prefer that A.J. Brown of, said that? Yeah, over somebody that's like – I'm just his own here. teammate. That's I'm just right out there. here, just having, trying to, you know, make my way. I'd rather yeah. the guy be like, "Yeah, I am the best receiver here." That's kind of bitch. weird for him, though, because his teammate was there with him. Exactly, his teammate was a guy exactly. that was supposed to be, you know, the guy who killed the combine. But um, who do you think could be the best wide receiver in this draft, not named DK Metcalf? I think Riley Ridley might be the best wide receiver in this. Really, in this class calvin's calvin's brother yeah he's not as fast as calvin but his hands looked real good um running through those drills and um you know he seemed confident running through those drills he 
didn't seem like he was trying to cheat it at all. So um, I like the way he looked, even though he wasn't as fast as his brother Calvin. I think I think he could be a reliable receiver. Interesting. So Metcalf is ripped. We all know that now. We've seen the pictures. We all know that he um, has a fake 1.6% body fat, which is not possible. He would be dead. I don't know why people keep – like no like no big name. I, I finally saw someone with a check mark, someone verified that said this 1.6% is bullshit. Like, But like it's really not being – like no one's talking about what method they were using. I mean, literally, I, I've I researched this, and below two percent is like a lethal dead situation. So it's <laughs> it's not one point six percent. But anyway, he looked great, and he had a faster adjusted speed score than Julio Jones, the second fastest of all time. Um, and the guys around us, remember when I looked it up, they were all surprised when I told them that Calvin Johnson ran a four three three for his size. Uh, Metcalf ran a four three three. The NFL Network put. The 40s, you know, when they superimposed the 40s over each other, oh, they yeah. did it with him and a lot of other guys, but they did it with Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. And because size-wise, he matches up his wingspan and his size and his metrics match up to Julio Jones a bunch, but he was faster than Julio, and he had like a four-inch higher vertical. Mm-hmm. So everybody was talking about that combine specifically and how amazing it was. But the thing that's interesting is, you know, John's telling me before we started the podcast, the wide receivers kind of underwhelmed him and the tight ends didn't that the tight ends, a deep class. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. The guy that broke the combine was Noah Fant. Yes. And and I, I think that if Metcalf hadn't done what he did on that speed drill, because Metcalf did not have a good cone. He did not have a good shuttle. His cone and shuttle were um, the same or worse than Tom Brady. No way. Yeah. They put the they put the numbers up. I mean, that's how bad he was, and that's kind of showing you know your agility and your your know your side to side movement and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, we all Fant know Fant ran a four five, twenty reps on the bench press, thirty nine point five vertical jump, one twenty seven on the broad jump, six point eight one cone drill, twenty yard shuttle four point two seconds, and sixty yard shuttle eleven point four nine seconds. To put those numbers into perspective, because those are just a bunch of, and thank you, but those are just a bunch of numbers. Okay, right. but let's put them in perspective. His four five forty was first in his group. Uh, one more thing on that forty. He, with that forty time, he is tied for the fastest tight end in the league right now. The only person <laughs> that runs that fast is Jared Cook. He ran that fast at his combine. Every other tight end that includes Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski, all of those guys in the league right now, he was faster than all of them. No, I'm glad you jumped 40. in because this is I, I want to put his combine into perspective. Uh, first and the first uh, uh, in the whole league right now. 20 bench press is fourth in his group. His 39.5 vertical was first in his group, sixth in the whole combine mm-hmm. amongst all players. His broad jump was 127, which was first in his group, fourth among all players in the combine this week. His cone drill that was 6.81 was, yep, first, fifth overall for all players. His shuttle was 4.22, was third at his position. So he's top five at everything in his position. He's top five in several things in the whole combine, and there's a few things where there's nobody in the league. I mean, he, he stats out to a George Kittle. If you look at playerprofiler.com, and I highly recommend you guys play around with this website, especially when it comes closer to draft, you could type in any player's name, playerprofiler.com. It'll give a comp, and it'll give their percentile for all their metrics. 
He's 99th percentile in his group, like of all time, since they started, you know, testing this in 2003. Um, 97th speed score, 97th burst score, 96th percentile agility score, 99th percentile catch radius. This guy's going to be amazing. Yeah. And people that are saying that Hawkinson should go before him in fantasy drafts, I really caution against that. Hawkinson is a great – am I saying his name wrong? No, no, no. I was going to say, how do you feel about the the NFL network with their NFL comparison, Eric Ebron? For, for Hawkinson? Noah, Noah Fant. Oh, for Fant? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I would compare him to – I feel like he's faster than that. Probably faster than right. that, yeah. Um, and more agile than that. Um, I, I don't know why they use that comp. Really, like, right. for all of his um, metrics and his agility – um, he definitely matches up more to uh, Jared Cook or uh, George Kittle. Yeah. He, I was thinking David Njoku. But okay. Yeah. yeah. David Njoku is a very big catch radius, a very big He's guy, but not athletic. that fast. Um, Kittle was very fast. Yeah. Kittle had a four five five forty, if I remember correctly. But anyway, Hawkinson, I think, is going to be used to block a lot because he's a very good blocker. When you find a good tight end that's a blocker, you're going to use him that way. So, And this is why I don't agree with using snap count to evaluate tight ends. And I've talked about this on Twitter a bunch. I think guys need to stop. Like running backs and wide receivers, yes, I want to know how many snaps they're taking. But tight ends, if they're taking 80% of the snaps and 60% of them are blocking, what what good does that do you fantasy-wise? How many routes is he running? I think Hawkinson, I mean, he can level dudes blocking. He looks like a lineman when he's blocking. He can push guys downfield. He can knock them off their feet. I think teams will use him as such. And fantasy-wise, I can't see drafting him against Noah Fant. I really can't. I I would tend to agree with you there. I think um, as far as fantasy-wise, I think that Noah Fant's going to be more relevant than TJ Hawkinson right out of the gate. Um, and I think he's going to remain relevant. I think TJ Hawkinson will become more relevant in fantasy once he gets, you know, a little bit more involved in the offense and they can see what he's doing, um, what he's capable of. But I think Noah Fant's going to be rolled out there and expected to catch balls right away. Yeah. Like that's All these teams need blockers. You guys might have uh, noted this already, but I didn't realize that Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson, both Iowa Hawkeye tight ends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Came oh, from the same school. We talk about it on uh, – And Iowa's, I mean – You know, Wilson's, for their, Wilson's for their a big Iowa ends. guy. Yeah. Well, and George, He's going to love this. George Kittle. Yeah. It was Iowa. I mean, they're the tight end factory now. It's just a, um, it's just a machine of creating tight ends. Well, it's kind of an interesting year because two of the top running backs are also from Alabama, Damian Harris and Josh Jacobs. Um, a lot of parity in the college ranks. Yeah. Huh? So um, quarterbacks, you know, we were talking about them. Um, really, Kyler Murray, depending on where his landing spot is, might start right out of the gate. But I see Drew Locke and Drew Haskins and Daniel Jones all possibly sitting for a year behind uh, a veteran. And I think, John, you, you were agreeing with that earlier too as well, right? Yeah, teams like the Broncos um, rolling out Joe Flacco, letting him wait. There was a lot of talk about at the Combine about using the Patrick Mahomes technique or going with the Kansas City, you know, evaluation yeah and or what they did with Aaron Rodgers yeah what they did with Aaron Rodgers but the most relevant one is Pat Mahomes so that's what everybody was talking about the combine is right using that that strategy to start these quarterbacks next year and not actually start start them right away what other tight ends did you see that should be on our radar so because I haven't scouted them 
the other tight ends that I really liked um, that I think should be on our radar, um, Irv Smith. He is from Alabama. He ran a four six three forty. He was the fourth fastest forty among tight ends. He is he's a little bit shorter. He's six two, two hundred forty two pounds, but he is extremely athletic. Uh, he was looked good in all of his drills. He um, performed them to the T, like exactly what the coaches were talking about. They were looking for. He did it. He was catching everything. Um, he was just super impressive um, out there in those drills. So I think Irv Smith is going to be a starter. Um, wherever he gets drafted, I think I think he might go at the end of the first round, honestly. Wow, um, really? End of the first round of the draft, yeah. Um, I've seen a couple of mocks having him go to teams at the end of the first round. I think I think he could s- um, sneak in there. Um, Alize Mack, I hope I'm saying that right, out of Notre Dame. He, Alize Mack. Alize Mack. Um, Only reason it, I know that, that is I watched every single Notre Dame game this year. Isn't that the name of a... Of a liquor or something, it's, Alize. Alize. it's close. Yeah, it makes uh, you wonder where the origins of the of the name came from. Just after no. a nice night of a couple, yeah, that was the stuff that's like orange, like Agent Orange <laughs> color. Um, well, what do you yes, think you about? Are. I mean, since you watched a lot of Mac play in Notre Dame, what do you think? Uh, I mean, he's a study. He was uh, he was one of those go to guys. The only thing that I can say from just watching him at Notre Dame and watching all the games. He kind of seemed like somebody that might disappear in the big moments. That's all I remember because I remember him not making catches when he needed to make catches. Okay, yeah. he, not a clutch. He, but that's once again just the eyeball test. Like I, I don't you know dive into the analytics like you guys do. Right, right. No, that's fine. We we like to be a mixture of both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he ran his forty in the same speed as T.J. Hawkinson, so um, he was pretty quick four seven forty. Um, he looked athletic. Can he I rephrase that? Balls. I'm sorry. I would, I'll take that back a little bit. He's the kind of guy that you see make an amazing catch, but then drop one that's like right in his right his numbers. So uh, like, mm-hmm. it's a very frustrating thing. It's um kind of like Kobe Fleener when Kobe Fleener played for the Colts. Right. There'd be a wide open pass, drop it. He'd be jumping over two defenders, one hand snagging it. And you're like, why can't you do that oh, every play? Fleener dropped some easy balls. Yeah. I could, I have one in my head right now where he just turned around and like there was no one anywhere, yep. and he dropped it. That's a, that was Alize for me. Okay, no, no, I like it. I like it. Um, so he ran a four seven, four seven. Yeah, and like you were just talking about, he he looked good in his drills as far as like his uh, focus and um, his attention to the details of the drill. There was just a couple of balls that he dropped that. He probably should have caught, which, know. you know, you were just saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a couple of guys that aren't um, real, like, uh, getting a lot of hype flashy right now. players. Which, yeah, they're not real flashy players. But Notoriety. I think they have a chance to um, – they can make a name for themselves, I think. Um, Foster Moreau from LSU, he – he looked real good in the drills, and he put a four six six forty out there. So he was real fast for his size. Um, he's six four, two hundred fifty three pounds, ran a four six. So that's pretty quick for a guy that big. Damn. Um, and then the last guy I want to talk about is Drew Sample. He has a lot of experience coming out of Washington. Now he, I, I watched he, him. A lot I've of his heard tape. of because I've been watching a lot of tape of. Um, another Washington guy and he's been popping out miles Gaskins. Yeah. Miles Gaskin. Yeah, exactly. Who yeah. we've been talking about for a while. Yeah. So uh, that's why I know this guy because uh, he, 
like when I'm watching like tape on these running backs, like my eye will like get diverted to, and I'll be like, well, who's this guy over here? And so I did look him up because he made some great blocks for Gaskin, mm-hmm. um, blocking downfield, and he made some great catches too. Yeah, he can catch the ball, and um, you know he he has that experience in college. I think he was like a two or three year starter. Um, he's a red shirt. He was a red shirt senior, so I think he may have started more games than that, but. Um, he, he seems like a grinder out there. Someone like, uh, I think John Gruden might be somebody um, to take a chance on Drew Sample. Um, you know, I think he's got value. And if, if he gets with the right coach, I think he could be a contributor in the NFL. So um, those are the guys that I liked um, watching them at the Combine. Um, and like I said, the tight ends, I feel like it's a deep class this year with Good. tight ends, which is Good. what we need for fantasy because Good. it was a barren it's wasteland. It's a veritable wasteland out yeah. there. It's been bad the last few years. Like there's three or four guys and then there's just nothingness. Somebody was arguing with me over some ranking and they were saying, well, you've got blah, 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 eighth and you've got blah, 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 13th. You should be higher than that. And I was like, dude, can we honestly say that there's any difference between number seven and number 13? And no. did you look at like how the tight ends between finished? Between number five and number 32. The, last, <laughs> the <laughs> last three years is literally like those next tier of guys, they're all going to finish about the same. So, okay, that's fine. You're right. Maybe I should have ranked them number seven. But right. what I was saying was, you know, really for fantasy – those guys are all kind of in a group. You need to find out that next tier. With these guys, we want to find out where they go. Do they get a good landing spot? Does Foster Moreau or Drew Sample go to Texas uh, and 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 start for uh, you know um, um, those guys there with uh, Deshaun Watson? Yes, Jesus, they had a <laughs> <Houston>. major. Yeah, <laughs> that brain fart was stinky. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> Houston. Um, I'm thinking of teams that need for that need tight ends. Maybe one of them can go learn under Jason Witten for. <laughs> for him for, coming back for Dallas. Does uh, Irv Smith being 6'2 bother you at all? Um, He's the shortest uh, tight end in the draft. It like it didn't look like it when I was watching him out there right. with all the other tight ends. It didn't you know stick out to me. So not really. But um, that used to be to not bad. But nowadays right. they're all like I mean six, the tallest. Five, yeah, six, the tallest six, one is six eight. Yeah. So um, let's go on to running backs, and then we're gonna kind of uh, uh, wrap it up. So. Um, doing an in-depth study of running backs this year and um, because I think it's the most important position in yeah. fantasy and because it's my most favorite position kind of this all planned out really really well because I started uh, scouting tape on these guys in January before the Super Bowl did my initial rankings before the Super <coughs> Bowl um, and uh, my rankings have evolved and uh, now did some rankings last week, which, uh, man, when you put out rankings on Twitter, if you want some, you know, if you want some some tread on on a on a tweet, put out some rankings. Oh, my God. People come in there. And if it's not a follower and I've never talked to him before and they drive in there and say something crazy, a lot of times I don't even comment because a lot of them, you know, I took the time to kind of explain why I did what I did. And then they never came back and said anything. So I'm like, why am I even doing this? But the one guy said, how much black tar heroin did you do before you did these rankings? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, okay, well, that's a pretty damn good troll job. I think my comment was, um, you know, a little dabble, do ya? (laughs) Um, But, you know, and, and, and like I said, I've got a great group of followers. So a lot of people would say, and, and I, I invite discussion and I invite, you know, healthy arguments. I'm not saying like, you know, I'm going to be fragile about this or anything. Um, I did take 
issue with another analyst that used my rankings as an example of what not to do. Oh. Um, Uh-oh. Yeah, so this started a big thing. I don't know if you saw my pinned tweet there. It was like no Twitter beef zone. I did see that. Um, that was all in response to I didn't know exactly that. what in reference it was to. But. Yeah, I'm not going to say who it is. A lot of my followers have figured yeah. out who it was. We're not going to give them any um, pub. Get them out of here. We had a we had an interesting situation last year, and that's the reason why I kind of took more issue this year is because last year he jumped on one of my posts and said that I was ridiculously low on Corey Davis. <laughs> um, and I was lower than the industry on, on Corey Davis. And who was right about that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so we went back and forth, and I was like, look, you know, I know he's a good prospect. I just don't see wide receiver ones coming out of this team ever. The last time they've had a wide receiver one was 2003. Um, Derek Mason. I did see um, that too. So, um, you know, tell me why you think he's going to rise above and, and suddenly be a number uh, one wide receiver when this team likes to pound the rock. I mean, Mariota can't stay healthy. All these other reasons. Hey, I don't like your play. It's not that I don't like your player. I don't like his situation. And um, he wasn't very respectful, um, which is fine. You know, I could deal with it. It's just like when you get trolls that don't follow you and they're not respectful, you can expect that. But like, it's rare that someone else like. Like, you know, these other guys I mentioned earlier, Fantasy Madman, Sam Lane, for like they wouldn't dare like like retweet your list in one of their threads talking to their guys and say, here's an example of how someone overreacts to Combine when they do their rankings. And doesn't know my, you know, doesn't know my process and doesn't didn't ask me like, hey, how did you, you know, because a lot of it was reactionary. And my followers know that like this is a step like this is for redraft. Right. These, these rankings that I'm doing are for redraft. We don't really need the rankings to be accurate until September. I'm not saying that I'm trying to be inaccurate. I'm just saying that, like, you know, I reacted to my film study. I'm going to react to the combine, then their pro day, then their landing spot in the draft. And, yes, in August, I want to tighten this up and be right. But Josh Jacobs isn't my number one right now because he didn't play that much in college, and I didn't see him at the combine. Yeah, absolutely. He pulled his groin his – growing, and uh growing i can't say that word <laughs> um but anyway not to get too you know into it but you know i did take issue with it i did tell him you know hey you know that's not something i would do um you know i, I don't think you're being respectful on this you know maybe you're still mad about Corey davis because what happened last year is i said hey let's do a friendly wager if Corey davis finishes as the wide receiver 20 or better i will post and and Pin on my profile that you are a better fantasy analyst than, <laughs> than I am. And Didn't take the bait, did And he? if I'm right, you'll pin on your profile. And you know what he said? Because when this happened, I had 400 followers. Right. And he had 4,000. And right now I have almost 3,000 and he has 7,000. So we've grown at about the same rate. You know right. what he said? He said, I would have more to lose than you do. That just that just shows that he has no confidence in his uh, call. That's what he said last year, and I was like, because you have more followers, you have more to lose, really? Like, we're both... I'm just booing him. I'm Thank booing you. him right now. Thank you. But anyway, I've, I've talked enough about that, but my fans were very, uh, you know, and followers were very supportive of uh, of getting that shit out yeah, of there. Yeah, you got a really good community going where oh, people so are uh, reacting so and interacting with you very quickly. It's and so great. And people said, hey, keep doing what you're doing, you know, screw these guys, all that stuff. Um but anyway, this is what we're doing right now, and this is why Josh Jacobs is not my number one. Sorry. Will he be my number one in August? Probably. I watched some more tape of him today, and good God. Um, the guy is really, really, really good. Um, there were some other guys that didn't show up that I would have liked to have seen. Bryce Love, who uh, got an injury in December, wasn't able to do anything. 
out of Stanford. I uh, would have liked to have seen him. And then also Rodney Anderson um, from Oklahoma. Um, tweeted out today to Dr. Jesse Morse, who is our resident doctor. Um, and God, he, he, he loved, uh, he loved it and jumped right on it. I mean, I love to be able to like ask him a question and 10 minutes later, he's posting a thread and answering my question in detail. My question was, um, a lot of folks are talking about Rodney Anderson from Oklahoma. It's my understanding. He's had three season ending injuries in a row. Um, he pops on a film, but is he the next, you know, Darren McFadden? Um, so he said, I'll look into it and get back to you. And then like 10 minutes later, he had this great thread. So he reviewed the injuries and each of these injuries is unique. Um, he broke his leg, um, fractured fibula that occurred on a coverage of a kickoff. It's unlikely to repeat, not a normal injury. Um, he, um, suffered an uncommon C5 neck fracture. That's also pretty rare for his position and rare for football, unlikely to be repeated. And then he had a, a torn right ACL which is unfortunately kind of becoming like Tommy John. Yeah. You know, um, it, it's just, you know, everybody gets it. Now, with this ACL, he says that there's a 30% risk of the second ACL tear in the next two years. Um, and then also at some point, maybe premature arthritis, which what Todd Gurley has. Mm -hmm. But um, basically what he's telling me here is he's not the next Darren McFadden because that was a lot of soft tissue shit. Um, these aren't soft tissue injuries. These are just a couple of them were freak. It kind of reminded me of Keenan Allen. Mm -hmm. Keelan Allen had a couple really rare freak injuries. It doesn't mean he's injury prone. So um, are you pulling up some? Oh, you're pulling up some Josh Jacobs. Yeah. So we're the guy's watching a, a pass little, catcher for sure. Yeah. We're watching a little highlights of Josh Jacobs from Alabama. He will likely be the number one. I've got him as my number kind of number two, number three right now. I mean, he likely will be number one. He looks special. I mean, look how elusive he is here. I mean, that's um, a kickoff return. That's a kickoff return. Yeah. It looks and, which and is, they're and they're up forty nine to seven. <laughs> Look at the stiff so arm. What's the point in having him return kicks? Look at the stiff arm. Did you see that yeah. stiff arm? Well, like, he wasn't he wasn't the starter all season either. No. So I know, it's just crazy. Kicks it's wild. That game, he was probably it was back up. Damian Harris was the starter there, but look at him change direction here. Plant. He's always got that. Oh, hand no, that was, that was his block. Blocker. That was his lead yeah. block. Oh. And he just pancakes somebody. Block. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, we're watching some game film. I don't know. I don't know about that whiff on his first block, but. Yeah, he, he it did. just shows he's not afraid to get out there. <laughs> yeah. So there were Sorry, a couple I'm, guys I'm that you. you know are hard to evaluate because they didn't make it. But let's talk about the guys that were actually at the combine. Um, what oh, real quick before you do that? What about the guy that was not there that Jacob Jacon was all about, and then we were sad he wasn't there. Oh, uh, well, Slippery wasn't rock. wasn't invited was West Hills. Yeah, West Hill. Was it West Hillis? West Hills. West Hills. Uh, West Hills from Slippery Rock. And then the other guy that I was surprised of out of uh, Nebraska was Ozigwe um, uh, Divine. <laughs> I name, love hearing you try to I pronounce know, names. I know. It's one of my favorite things <laughs> in the podcast. He His name is Divine Ozigbe, and um, he's like a more agile Logarit Blunt. He was not invited, and West hills from slippery rock wasn't invited i mean everybody can't go you know i mean um this guy i've watched some tape on him this could be an undrafted free agent situation like i mean but the Lindsay. do you get yeah. do you ever get worried about the competition they're playing against i mean i guess they're still playing division one football but i don't know i mean he doesn't ha he definitely doesn't have the speed look at it look how high his legs are yeah He's not built like a running back here at all. Now he he's he pulled something. Yeah, there. he definitely he definitely pulled a hamstring. There. Um, we're watching film and the, and <laughs> no one else is. This isn't fun for anybody else. Um, so 
the two guys that popped for me were Alex Barnes and Miles Sanders. Yeah. Uh, Miles Sanders backed up Saquon Barkley. I think that um, him along with uh, Mike Weber, um, you know, guys that were, you know, either right behind guys that were amazing, like Zeke was came out right before Weber, and uh, Saquon Barkley was um, was on the field and with um, with Sanders that they're not getting the respect. I mean, it doesn't mean that they're bad players. Like. Miles Sanders is literally a, po- a poor man's Saquon Barkley. <laughs> he really is. I mean, he could do all of those things. He had a great combine. Um, there's no reason why he shouldn't be anybody's, in everybody's top five right now. I have him ranked number one, and yes, it should be Josh Jacobs. But people that understand what I'm doing with my process know why I've got Sanders number one. This other guy that commented, the, you know, he doesn't know my process. He's working but, on it. Yeah. Well, and it's just like I said, it is it's ever evolving. It's evolving. Um, I wanted to give him props for a great combine with great awareness, um, uh, great in the pass catching drills, um, looked very tight in space. Um, his game film pops. He's got a great lateral move. He can move the pile. Um, he's finding the hole, um, kind of like what Josh Jacobs does too, is just find that hole no matter where it is and exploit it. What do you think? I think he looked good. I think a lot of, um, the analysts at the combine were talking about his jump cut. Um, I think he's got a good jump cut, and it's uh, a lot of things they were talking about with him was uh, making making a miss in a phone booth. So uh, love that saying, one yeah. of my favorites. Um, I think I think he he killed the combine. Um, I haven't got to watch a lot of tape on Sanders myself. So um, besides you know what I've seen at the combine, I don't I don't really have a whole lot of take on him myself well um i did kind of like a breakdown profile of all these guys um not all these guys but um a handful of the ones that i really liked um and uh i was just gonna say here it is so my film study was um so he had a career six yards per carry he's 511 215 so that's perfect size that's what you want um after saquon left that next season he had 220 carries for 1,274 yards and nine touchdowns. Quick feet, elusive, strong at the point of attack. Huge thighs, low pad level. I love running backs that just have these monster thighs, you know, that they could just grind out. <laughs> it's not a sexual thing. I'm just saying that's where I was I know that's, that's where, where you're headed. going with it. You're over there smiling, man. It's just like <laughs> your guys' podcasts go into a whole different – like <laughs> if this was juice in the morning right now, then we'd be, he, we'd he, be off he on the He loves the oil drum thighs. Yeah, exactly. Um, second level speed um, leads to chunk gains. Um and, and the negatives were limited passing work, but I liked what I saw in the drum on Friday. Um, I projected him to rank around number six. Right now I have him at number one. He likely will land somewhere in between. Um, but Miles Sanders looks great. The guy that's no one was talking about, and somebody was like, well, where did you have this guy ranked before the combine? Nowhere, because no one was talking about him, right. asshole. Um, <laughs> Alex Barnes. Yeah, he was That's the one that looked, I think – even I noticed that he looked good. Didn't he pop? Yeah. Yep. I mean, didn't he really stand out on field? A little bit more than Elijah Gosh. Holifield. Oh <laughs> God, Elijah holes in the field. <laughs> yeah, um, that guy is on the shelf right now. He had a bad combine. We'll see. I um, mean, you got to get him in a game. I will also say that Dalvin Cook had a horrible combine too. Yeah. That's all I'll say. Yep. But Elijah Holyfield's probably not 
as good as I was hoping he would be. Um, the but thing with Alex Barnes is I was not expecting any of that out of him. He, no. he walks out there. He was walking up to the 40-yard line. I was like – or walking up to run the 40, and I was like, is this guy a fullback? He just, right. He doesn't look like the – like the uh I have that in my notes run that fullback because you said that yeah he looked he, like a fullback he didn't look like he was going to run that fast at a time I don't what did he run a four or five four four he ran a four five five four five five he's six feet 220 out of Kansas State um he just he had a flat out combine he let everybody kind of know I think he, he did really well in interviews too they were saying that in interviews with the coaches he um told because the interviews happened before the actual combine and he told these coaches that um, that everybody would be talking about him in a few days. He said, you guys are going to know who I am here really soon. 30, 34 reps on the bench press, which is pretty good, too. Well, yeah, and you see that. Um, 34, I think, was the third best for a running back in the past 20 years. He had good um, agility drills, too. Um, his three-cone drill was fast, and uh, he also jumped really high for the vertical he looked natural and he looked very loose. Oh yeah, his a, vertical is almost is thirty eight point five inches. That's huge. He 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 looked very like a very natural runner. He looked very loose for a big back. He looked great in the passing game. I mean, not just and, and when I wa- went back and watched his tape, um, not just little halfback flat passes and those things, but I mean, he had an actual route tree. Um, he was catching over the shoulder passes. He was doing deep ends. He was doing all kinds of routes. And see, this is what's interesting because we, you saw all of that at the combine and the NFL.com prospect grade is NFL backup or special teams potential is how they grade this guy. Right. They haven't updated it. It's going to be, I mean, be it's got all, that. it's got all the numbers. Oh, this after all that. Yeah. Yeah. That's. And their analysis is Barnes is a productive early entrant with good play strength, but average ability to elude and create. On tape, he appears to lack downhill burst and explosive speed to the corner and is more of a get what's blocked back than a dynamic presence with the ball in his hands. His talent as a lead blocker and ability to handle the third down duties should add some value to his draft profile, but running back three might be his ceiling. See, that's true, though. He's not an elusive guy. I didn't see a guy that's taking the lateral moves the lateral burst, the jump cuts. He wasn't any of that. But you know who also didn't do any of that? Matt Forte. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, like, he could still be, like, he is a find-the-hole-and-go guy. He's not elusive. He's not bouncing stuff to the outside. So all that is good analysis, but that doesn't mean he can't be a good running back. He he worked very, very, very hard to get to where he is. Um, I loved his attitude. Um yeah, I, I just loved. have a problem with the NFL, I think, because I think the NFL likes to push the guys that they like and right. the guys that they don't like right. kind of end up surprising people. They're the guy that you draft in your fantasy league in round six, and then they end up winning your league for right. you. Well, I, I ranked him number five in my post-combine um, rankings and caught some shit for it, um, but there are a lot of people that really liked what they saw, and Mike Wright from the Fantasy Footballers, after I did my thing on one of their podcasts, he brought him up, and uh, he even has a hashtag Barnes Burners. Nice. So he's on, he's on the train. If Mike Wright's on the train, I'm fine if nobody else wants to get on it. Right. Because I liked what I saw, and I think John Marchbanks liked what he saw too. Oh, yeah. He <laughs> was one of those guys that I was talking about getting his head around to the quarterback on that corner drill route. Right. Um, or corner route drill. And the importance of that, especially as a running back, running that from the – the backfield and running that corner route, they got to get their head around as soon as they make the cut 
so the quarterback can throw them open. That's the important part of that drill is um, because a and lot so they of those can get guys, a deeper pass. Right, they can get a deeper pass, but the quarterback can get the ball to where it's going to lead the running back to the open space. When a lot of these guys weren't getting their heads turned around till about ten yards after their cut, the ball was underthrown. They didn't make the catch, but the guys who got their head around right away. Any ball that was underthrown, they could get to it. If the ball was overthrown, you know, they were able to adjust their speed and get there. So um, he was one of the guys who got his head around and was able to run that route and, you know, make it look natural. So He looks good on special teams. So we're going to want guys that can play special teams. So are these teams. These teams aren't going to want to draft a running back in this deep and kind of, you know, mid-grain class of running backs that can't do more things. So, um, and also, you know, what I like about this write-up is his third down duties. His blocking's really good, too. And that's something I talk about all the time. That's why I was down on Rashad Penny last year and down on Ronald Jones. Um, I just didn't see him on the field on third down because they can't pick up that blitz. This guy can. Um, Miles Sanders was good at that stuff, too. Um, and um, want to talk about a couple other people kind of in the on the top of the list. Daryl Henderson didn't do any of the pass catching drills, but he looked really, really fast. Um, and he had an amazing career at Memphis. Um, he actually ran an unofficial like four, three, seven that didn't count. Um, so like Twitter's still saying he ran a four, three, seven, which he didn't, it didn't count. Um, okay. they adjusted it because what I had was four, five, Oh, and then supposedly he was clocked at four three seven. They adjusted it to a four four seven. I don't know how that works. Yeah, one one thing. I'm sorry to just take a step back really quick. I just scrolled down to the weaknesses and the strengths for the um, for <clears throat> Alex Barnes. Barnes, and it says strengths stands in and is able and willing to blitz pickup option. Yeah, weaknesses blitz. So these guys just mail it in. Don't follow the NFL.com. Yeah, they're dumb. Lance Zerline, you bum. Yeah, is wasn't he a kicker? Isn't that Legatron? <laughs> no, that's Greg Zerline. Isn't that Legatron? Why is an NFL kicker evaluating running backs? It's on just NFL. I feel like they just mail this shit in. This they is true. I'm looking at this right attention. now. A strength of his is picking up the blitz, and a weakness and a weakness is, is blitz. Blitz. No other description. It just says it just blitz. says blitz, and it's yeah. lowercase. You moron. Um, God. Greg, that's pretty Lance, bad. Greg Zerling. That's on. pretty bad. Greg um, Zerling doesn't deserve that. Daryl Henderson, I would have liked to see him pass casting drills, but I think he's going to stay in my top five. He is just explosive. Also not a lateral guy. A find the hole and blow through it guy. Um, but then the next guy I wanted to talk to you is a guy we actually talked about in the combine last year. Um, that's not bad. No, I'm just um, Is Miles um, Gaskin. Mm-hmm. John brought him up uh, last year, said check this guy out. Um, there's been some Alvin Kamara comparisons. So he's one of the guys I actually kind of scouted even ahead of any of these other guys because I was like, ooh, Alvin Kamara, what? Yeah. Let me go check him out. So um, I've got him in my top five right now too. Um, he's out of Washington, uh, 5'9", um, Didn't run that fast of a 40. I'm not too worried about that. 4'5", Looked really good in the passing game with control, agility, Got his head around to the quarterback like we've been talking about. Natural made, pass catcher. He made it look didn't easy. Didn't make any sound when he was catching the ball. It was right. completely silent. It was just completely right. natural ball catching skills. He was literally probably the one that best exemplified what we were talking about 
not making that noise when he caught the ball. Yeah. He was probably the best at that. This is what we want, guys. We want guys that are going to be catching a lot of balls. We want a PPR back that's going to catch 50, 60, 70 balls, 80 balls. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's all going to d- depend on landing spot for these guys. But uh, Miles Gaskin, I, I'm sold right now. I like his tape. I like his elusiveness, his awareness, his, his usage in the passing game. And um, what he can do, I don't know about his blocking. That's something more I have to get into is what he could do with blocking. But also, he got uh, he ran for 1,200 yards all four years in college. Only Ron Dane has done that. Yeah, that's, that's Another a Notre lot Dame of, boy. That's a yeah. lot of production in college. Very consistent, too. When you draft a running back, you want one that's going to be here next year and the year after that. And I mean, especially some of these dynasty guys. Mm-hmm. Um, for some of these dynasty teams, I'm going to be looking to pick up uh, Miles Gaskin. Um, the other Alabama guy is Damian Harris, and and I kind of slipped him down a little bit. He looked slow. Um, him him and David Montgomery to me both looked a little unrelaxed. Um, looked like they had to make some adjustments in the passing game that they really didn't want to. Um, I mean. You know, I'm not saying these guys are busts. It's just some of these other guys that I'm putting in the top five right now, Miles Gaskin, Alex Barnes, I eventually might have them in the in, in those slots instead of these. I mean, because people are like, oh, you're crazy. David Montgomery, you're crazy. Why? Because everybody says he's supposed to be there. Have you watched any film? Right. Did you go to the Combine? Right. That shut a lot of people up. <laughs> that shut a lot of people up. I mean, I'm not trying to be an asshole. Were you there? I'm not trying to be an asshole, but I've put hundreds of hours into this. Mm-hmm. I didn't just read a couple tweets that, oh, well, David Montgomery is awesome. I'm not saying David Montgomery is, is not. I mean, the one thing I will say is I think he probably does do better in pads than in just a, sh- a shirt and shorts. So that might be why he didn't pop for me on the combine. And I'm not trying to overreact to combine. I'm going to go back. A lot of it's going to be where they la- where they land. Reevaluate where they go in their in the draft. Are they? Uh, what's their path to targets? What's their path to production? But like I said, right now, I'm sorry. What I saw out of those two guys were better than these two guys. So I'm not going to put them in the top five because everybody else is in their top five. Why am I even doing? Why is everybody doing rankings if? You want my rankings to be like everybody else's? The same as everybody else's. Then yeah. we could same? just go. Then we could just go to fucking fantasy pros and see what their top five is. Right. I guarantee you, David Montgomery, and uh, and Damian Harris are in their top five. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying right now. What's well, point like of copy paste? I kind of like these other guys better. Um, Strength is a blitz. <laughs> weakness is a blitz. The other guy, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like an idiot. Well, his strength is his weakness, so <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. He's just applying for a regular job, right? His weakness is it's his like, strength. Oh, it's like like the old school in the interview, like like define your biggest weakness. That I care too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so there's another guy out of Memphis, um, other than Daryl Henderson, Tony Pollard. Uh, do you remember our notes on him? Yeah, he uh, looked real natural running routes and catching the ball too. Yeah, a couple nice adjustments to a poorly thrown uh, ball. Um, I have got a bunch of plus marks over here in the passing game. Um, 4-5-2-40, he's 5-11-2-10. He's another back out of Memphis, you know, that people won't talk about because uh, of Daryl Henderson being so hyped, but I think it showed really well. The other guy that um, John kept mentioning was Jordan Scarlett from uh, Florida. Yeah, Jordan Scarlett was actually catching a lot of it tension from the analysts that were there too he um was testing well he was also he had the natural hands um he 
made good adjustments. His routes were were looking really good on the, on the wheel route. That's um, what I have right here. Adjustment on the wheel route. <laughs> I've got yeah. the same. See, it's interesting. He doesn't even have it in front of him, and he's remembering the notes that I'm looking at. Yeah, yeah. He, so not only do you have the same notes on the player, they're in your head already. This is amazing. Yeah. Um, he's five ten, two oh eight, um, from Florida Atlantic. Um, or no, I'm sorry. Um, he's from Florida. Yeah. Um, he he looked like a great change of speed guy too on tape when I went back and watched some tape that he could quickly adjust um, his speed. Very aggressive. Um, there's may, a lot of buzz about this guy. May carve out a role like uh, the backup for um, the Chargers running back. Oh yeah, yeah. Who's that? I can't think of his name right now. <laughs> I can't even think of the starter for the Chargers right now. Your brain fart smells so bad it yeah. affected my uh, Melvin Gordon's Gordon. backup. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there's some other guys too. Devin Singletary, a um, lot of buzz on him, but he had a bad combine. Um, was really slow. Um, looked slow in the passing game too. Looked a little lost out there. I mean, he he dropped a few spots for me. Um, Benny Snell didn't show up the way that I wanted him to. A lot of guys were like, "Oh, watch out for that guy." My notes were eh. <laughs> I mean, I literally wrote that as one of my notes on one of the routes was eh. Um, average, uh, looked average in the passing game. 5'10", 224. He had a drop, a couple drops. Um, his closing speed didn't look that great. Um, looked like he had good balance, though. Um, Mike Weber from Ohio State. Nobody's still talking about this guy. I thought he had a great combine. 4'4", 40. Burst, good in the passing game. Looked very aware, elusive. Um, what do you know about Mike Weber? He came in right after Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I don't really know a whole lot about Mike Weber. I haven't watched any film on him yet. I haven't done a lot of uh, Ohio State games for PFF. Okay. So I've, I haven't really been inside the Big Ten for some of these players. So, And we haven't talked about that today. John does work for Pro Football Focus and scouts uh, games to get the uh, all the, all the next-gen stats that we like to gobble up. So uh, that's one of the reasons why he's here, a little name drop there. Um <laughs> So Travion Williams from Texas A&M, um, he looked good. Um, some of these guys that I'm mentioning now, you know, might not even be top 10 guys, but there literally are like 15 guys that I think can contribute in the right situation. Actually, um, Travion Williams was probably my second favorite combine. Really? Yeah, my second favorite player at the combine um, for the running backs anyway. Um, I liked um, how he ran it. I like how he ran on the 40. Um, I thought he caught all the balls that he threw at him uh, really well. Uh, I thought his routes were pretty crisp. He got his head turned around when he needed to get his head turned around. Um, and I felt like he uh, also finished the drills out by, you know, running downfield, which the effort looked good. So um, I actually like Travion Williams. Um, he was second as far as combine performance behind Miles Gaskins for me. <coughs> well, fair enough. I mean, I've been told that I'm not – High enough on this guy. Um, uh, my initial rankings, I think I had him on 13. And then the rankings that I came out with last week, I put him number seven. And people were like, Paul, you're still not – you're still sleeping on this guy. And I'm like, really? I, I moved him up from 13 to seven. What do you want? Um, but I will keep that in mind because, you know, I definitely appre uh, appreciate and respect your opinion. And I've had multiple people – I mean, that's why I'm doing it this way too. You know, like you can't be so stuck in your ways that you're like, uh, you know, like when you have a lot of people coming at you going, you know what, you got to give this guy another look. I'm going to make an adjustment. I think that's another reason why I think people like what I'm doing. 
Um, I mean, when I first started doing this, I told people to draft Alvin Kamara and, and Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think there's a, you know, a pretty good, you know, pedigree for my process. Um, and part of that was just keeping my ear to like Kareem Hunt was not going to do anything until uh, Spencer Ware had that huge injury. And then I went back and saw his tape at Toledo. That's why he was overlooked, kind of like an Alex Barnes. I mean, people weren't looking at the Kansas State guy. Mm-hmm. People weren't looking at um, Kareem Hunt and Toledo. You know what I mean? Right. But those are guys. like uh, Khalil Mack coming out of Buffalo. Right. Um, not until his combine performance did he start getting any draft stock, and then he turned into one of the one of the best. One of the best. So, um, so Travion Williams, we need to look at that. He does look good on film. I will say he does look very, very good on film. The last guy I wanted to talk about was another guy. I mean, there's some other guys. L.J. Scott from Michigan State. Um, I don't know what he's going to be able to do. Um, he didn't. He didn't really impress me. He doesn't really impress me on tape too much either. Um, Alexander Madison had a horrible combine from Bo- Boise State. Oh my God, it was horrible. Um, I thought uh, Travis Homer from Miami, Florida, uh, looked pretty good. Um, but James Williams from Washington State. This might be like the Miles Gaskin that we don't know about yet. Um, I had some people say, Hey Paul, you got to go back and look at this guy. It's, you know, he should be on your radar, um, out of Washington state five, nine, one ninety seven. Um, so he's not that big. Um, he ran a four, five, five. So he wasn't like super fast, but his footwork and his ability to push the line of scrimmage and bounce outside and work with nothing. I mean, like his line was horrible. Like, defenses were just getting so much penetration on him. Every time I kept looking at his film, I kept thinking, what if he had a line? Um, A couple times beating three guys that were unblocked, pushing up through the line, getting as close to the line as possible, and then selling it and bouncing out, and just really creative footwork. Le'Veon Bell-style running? Um, it, It happens quicker. Like, his feet are much, much quicker. Some of the most interesting footwork I've ever seen. Um has this ability to kind of make it look like he's going to lower his shoulder and like, and like just take you on, you know, and try and push for it a couple extra yards. And at the very last second, just make like a little half step move and go around you. Mm -hmm. I mean, he left guys like literally like shrugging, like what, what was that? Mm -hmm. Like he's, he, he might be really good. Um, he, he's like definitely, you know, nobody really talked about him. Uh, my combine notes on him were all pretty average, you know, look tight in the passing game, Decent 40, um, no red flags is what I have on here, but he didn't really pop for me. But I went back and watched the tape, and James Williams um, I think could be and, – and here's the thing. He caught 202 balls in three years. Right. That's a lot. I mean, like red zone. Especially for college. Like, yeah. That's a lot. Like red zone usage, like Kamara, where he like go up and like catch it at the top, you know, like right. a 50-50 ball. You know, you don't see running backs getting 50-50 balls. So um, that's one of the reasons why he's so high on my list now, and he's kind of just been um, percolating here under the surface and, and really been um, popping is because of that passing work. So that's why we're specifically looking at Barnes. And, uh, and Travion Williams is a good pass catcher. He really mm-hmm. is. So there's, you know, there's no reason why we shouldn't be looking at that guy too. That's another reason why, you know what, Damian Harris, he's not going to be used as a pass catcher. 
David Montgomery, those are going to be first and second down guys. Mm -hmm. So um, that's why we're kind of trying to look at, you know, who can excel in the PPR game. This is a guy that you didn't talk about, though, that Justin just pulled up, Justice Hill. He had that Um, hamstring or something. pulled his hamstring on the 40, which is why he didn't go through any of the on-field drills. Yes. But he did run the fastest 40 out of all the running backs. Yes. And that's like since he didn't have any, like, passing game notes, like like his bio is so clean. Because I just saw him run two forties and that's it. But his combine was good. He, he had a forty inch vertical, um, which is pretty amazing for a running back. Jumped out of the stadium. Um, he, one of the guys that we were with really liked um, Justice Hill and was talking a lot about him. And then he pulled his hamstring. He pulled his hamstring on his second forties. Five nine one ninety eight. He ran a four four zero, which was the fastest running back. He had a forty inch vertical. Um, Sportsbook Nation has his combine score at 92, draft score at 78. Just a lot of people are saying, I mean, I've watched his tape. Um, he's definitely a good running back. Just a lot of people saying that he just might be a third down guy. Um, you he's, never know. He's one you're going to have to look out for his pro day. Like some of yes. these guys you want to watch their pro days. So yes. Well, and they, they, just, they just posted that uh, <clears throat> Justice Hill's pro day is March 12th, so it's coming up really quick if he did pull his hamstring that's hard to it's basically saying it's going to be tough task considering uh, it's march 12th yep so yeah all their pro days are pro days are going to be in the next couple of weeks we're going to reevaluate after that and then we'll have the nfl draft here in about five weeks and that'll be the big evaluation okay where are they going and how are they going to be used so it's like mm-hmm. seven days from today is his pro day yeah and then we're <laughs> going to watch it through training camp and otas and all that too i mean you know we've got a long road to hoe? Oh yeah, to hoe. That works. To you hoe? I've heard. Th- I've heard that. I've oh, heard that before. What does it mean uh-huh. though? I don't know. I think it's a farming thing. <laughs> um. So Jackson couldn't make it tonight. Shout out to Jackson for coming us t- uh, with us to the combine. Um. Shout out to uh, Jake Han at Han Nation on Twitter. That's uh new to the team. He's gonna be writing for us. He wants to be an NFL scout. I like talking to him. He's got a he's got a good pedigree. He played in high school. He's one of the top fifty high school overall football players in the in the state at one point. His dad coached football. I mean, thanks for introducing me and to him. You also, know, that, that's pedigree. It, just talking to him about the line drills was very interesting to me because we never pay attention to the offensive linemen, and he was very stoked to be seeing the offensive linemen. He didn't even know that they were going to be there when we were on our way there. So. Right. I, I don't like that you just said we there. I love watching the offensive linemen. John yeah, doesn't watch line. the offensive linemen. I don't believe him. <laughs> no, John and I actually um, watched the linemen and took some notes. Nah. We did. I, I'll skip that. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we did. I um, mean, nobody's listening to this podcast to get lineman breakdowns, but <laughs> very true. Um, we did take some notes, and I was talking to Polly about it, like what we were looking for. Like you were um, some of these drills with the uh, defensive end coming off, and uh, what we were looking for at that because you, they weren't touching them. It was about their kickback step, and you know how fast they can get back if somebody's just going straight you know bend around them you know we talked about some of that their stuff hip there. balance their center of gravity their you know um a lot of those were you know just your speed to get that that first step speed mm-hmm. you know because they got to get up out of that stance and be ready and to block gotta, really quickly they kick back the and kick if you don't get that kick back you're gonna get you're gonna give up a sack oh yeah and you're gonna get pancaked on the wrong side <laughs> yeah we were talking about it not exciting for a lot of people to you know evaluate linemen and stuff like that but really it's where the game starts man mm-hmm. the game starts on both sides of that line the game starts in the trenches 
Um, oh wow! Did you guys see? My uh, nephew really likes this guy, Andy, Andy Isabella. Yeah, he ran a four three one. Yeah, my nephew AJ uh, really likes Andy Isabella. Also, Paris Campbell ran like a four three three um at the combine and then there was a safety that ran a 429 can't remember his name is it dakota dixon um nope. no nope, no that's not especially it. since they have him as a loser <laughs> i was just dude. curious I was yeah i saw okay. safety no the dude ran a 429 um there's a cornerback called greedy williams and i want him to be good oh yeah, yeah. that just with a name like that a yeah. cornerback named greedy that's all greedy williams was Already considered a top ten pick, and he's four three four three second forty time could push him into the top five. Yeah, I saw uh, one list that had him number one. Yeah. Well, guys, that's about it for today. Our special edition. Uh, we haven't been on since week seventeen, so we took some time off. We're sitting at about the hour and a half or so mark, and we will be doing our next podcast uh, after the draft. We'll probably take a few days to, uh, or maybe up to a week to evaluate where these guys are going. And by then we'll know all the free agency spots too, because free agency is this month, right? Oh yeah. Uh, about, about a week to go. Yeah. Before it starts. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's you know, like, it'll, it'll start becoming fast and furious. It came fast and furious the other day to find out that like Justin Houston's going to be released. Uh, Landon Collins is going to be released. Plus, they got um, all the tag stuff out. Jadavion Clowney got tagged. Yeah, Demarcus, uh, Lawrence, Demarcus got Lawrence got tagged. Um, there's also a couple guys who aren't getting tagged. C.J. Mosley's not getting tagged right by from the Baltimore. Yeah, I tweeted so about he's that. Didn't free agency. Yeah. yeah, I would love as a Colt fan to get C.J. Mosley. He's a tackle machine. Um, I hope the Raiders break the bank for him. We five star prospect. Forever. Oh, you want to get him? Oh, yeah, we haven't had a good linebacker who can get things, like, organized on the defense in forever, and I think that's one of the reasons why the defense has been so bad. I don't know that there's so a long. linebacking crew that's good enough that they would say, yeah, we don't need C.J. Mosley. I mean, right. I think, like, especially, like, the Rams have no uh, oh, yeah. linebackers at all. Um, there's a lot of teams that really need him, so he, he should cash in. Mm -hmm. um, the team probably did him a favor. Yeah. He should cash in um, big time. But, yeah, so – that stuff's already happening. The tags are happening next week. Free agency will happen. And, um, I mean, that's why we're here because, uh, you know, there was a little break, but now we got combine, we got free agency, we got the draft. Mm -hmm. Then before you know it, we'll have OTAs and training camp and football and all that. So mm -hmm. it's a great time of the year. Um, you Can't listen to the it. new music at the beginning. There's going to be some, uh, some lyrics next week. Um, but, uh, um, the juice in the morning, uh, got out from underneath the wing of uh, of Justin. There, he's uh, kind of kicked the baby baby bird out of the. It's yeah, really like I mean, this is your, really like, your your inaugural show. It's really like rallies and checkers, though. No. I mean, the menu's the same, right? You know, I mean, <laughs> this is the same thing. Yeah. It's just it's just now the podcast is officially Pauly Sleepers. It's not a football edition of Juice in the yeah, Morning. Yeah, not so. having to be weird about like tweeting me and being like, uh, is this. All these sleepers, and then I was like, "Nope, I'm gonna have to redirect you over to." Uh, all right, <laughs> or somebody would ask me about podcasts, and like, "Well, which blah 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 do you use?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah, all the podcast answer yeah. you should go." So, yeah, that will kind of clarify things for everybody. But uh, thanks once again, man. The studio looks great. The new setup is awesome. And like I said, you you guys had a lot of success with your Twitter live videos. This little camera up here is gonna be a lot better this year than it was last year. So awesome. the sound will be better. It'll look better. The lighting's better. I got four new can lights put into the studio so that we can actually see us without it being really cloudy and, you know,
bad lighting and that kind of thing. So all of the things are improving just like I said it would last year. So. I'm blowing up like you thought I would. <laughs> um, hey, if you want to do uh, uh, get a spot in the listener league, don't forget you could fill out your mock draft for the all 32 teams and uh, and hit up John Marchbanks or Pauly Sleepers on Twitter or go to PaulySleepers.com and um, just email us what you think your mock draft is going to be. The person that gets the best mock draft as graded by John is going to have a free spot in our listener league and – if you beat John in his Mac draft, um, and you've and he's got a better draft spot than you, like he's drafting second and you're drafting tenth, you could just steal that or right, right away from him on draft day and say, "I want your spot." Um, so that's gonna be really fun. Thanks, John, for coming up with that. Um, and uh, watch for the website. We're gonna have more articles coming out. Um, we've all got stuff in the works. Where we're gonna we're gonna have way more articles this year. We already have, um, and just way more content. Uh, all the rankings will be out. Uh, dynasty rankings coming soon hit me up on twitter if you have any questions about your leagues leagues that you want to start leagues that you want to get in you know i have guys come to me all the time hey i want to get in a dynasty league some guy hit me up the other day i want to start a dynasty league i want to get in one i said well do you want to like start one or do you want to just because people are looking for owners all the time yeah oh i'd rather just take over a team okay i added a couple guys hey you know um this guy's looking for an orphan team they got back with him, and he had a team like in five minutes. I was like, wow. it's, it's like I said Beetlejuice three times. You know, it was just like, boom, like guys started hopping in. Hey, and before you knew it, he was like, okay, stop. I'm in three leagues now. <laughs> I want to be done. So, like, I could definitely, you know, if you want to get into more fantasy football, I could definitely answer your questions and get you in touch with the right people pretty quickly because uh, – Paulie's the fantasy football hitch. There's, no, there's nobody on there that's on there as much as I am. Right. I don't know how proud I could should still be <laughs> – of that because like i'm like the joey bag of donuts of fantasy football on twitter i mean everybody knows i'm always on there um at some point it may become a disease well that's why i'm um, saying like if you ask me if i saw your tweet just go ahead and understand that i don't see probably half of them right because you have a lot of tweets because i throw out like a hundred a day <laughs> um but yeah uh, i think that's it john thanks for coming juice thanks as always and we'll see you guys uh after the draft So how long was that? 135?